so there, a lot happening. The, the, the reading from Isaiah is, is long. And, uh, and it, again, it reminds me, as I was reading it this morning, it reminds me again of the already and the not yet of the Advent season and the already and the not yet of the coming of the kingdom. The kingdom of, come ha the kingdom of God has come and it's here. It truly is. But we continue to pray, thy kingdom come. There is this already and this not yet of the fulfillment of the prophecies fulfilled. And then there's this expectation of the full coming of Christ that we in the Advent season are supposed to be longing for. You know, and I know it, 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 it maybe goes against the grain of some of us when we imagine the end of the world. But, you know, but that's, we're, we're, we're longing for the full coming of the kingdom. That's what we're longing for. That is, that is where we're at. And, uh, and so Christ will come in glory, judge living in the dead. And the people of Jesus's day were waiting for the coming of the Messiah, right? But before the Messiah would come, somebody else was going to precede him. Who was going to precede the coming of the Messiah? We heard about it in the gospel today. Yeah, John, but, 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 but prophesied by, the, by Malachi in the Old Testament, somebody would be returned before the Messiah came, and that was Elijah. And so Jesus, what does Jesus say? If you are willing to accept that he is Elijah. Okay, now, do we think Elijah was reincarnated in John the Baptist? No, <laughs> he's in the spirit of Elijah, that John is the new Elijah. Okay, and so the fulfillment of the prophecy of Malachi is in John. So all the prophets and the law prophesied up to the time of John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah, the one who is to come. Whoever has ears ought to hear. To have ears. Do you have ears to hear? Yes, I hope so, okay? Because having ears to hear essentially means you're open to the message that I'm giving you. And the message of our Lord, I'm speaking on his behalf, the message of our Lord is transformative. I heard said recently, it's not just information, it's transformation. If we're open to hear, and I, I want to say, you know, we pray for that openness that we are in this intermediate time. The Lord has come and he will come again in glory. We have seen the fulfillment. Our eyes have seen. And that's the Holy Eucharist. That's the presence of Christ with us. That's the resurrection of the dead. We know these things by faith. And we are awaiting the full consummation of the coming of the kingdom. John the Baptist is subject and Elijah of the gospel today. And I want to talk about St. John of the Cross, the saint we honor today. St. John of the Cross, you know, he lived, in a, he lived in a challenging time in the church when the church needed reform, right? Is there ever been a period in church history where we can't say that? There hasn't been. It's a constant process. 
So what had happened, he was a Carmelite. He was a Carmelite in the religious community, the Carmelites, and they had, you know, in his opinion, they had kind of gotten soft, you know? They, they forgot their charism. They forgot the radical nature of their following of Christ. So what did John of the cross say? He said, we need to get back to the basics. And we need to have a greater sense of detachment from the world. We need to be more penitential in our practice, in our living out our vows. And everybody's, well, how well did that go over? We'll say like a lead balloon as the old saying goes, right? They were like, huh? We like our stuff. We like our things. We like our easy life. And so John insisted on this reformation of the Carmelite order, he and Teresa of Avila. And what was his thanks for that? He was arrested. He was put in jail by his very own religious community and told to shut up. But he didn't shut up, he escaped. And he, he did, he formed, if you will, a, a new dimension of the Carmelites called the discalced or the shoeless Carmelites that embraced a greater sense of poverty and detachment from this world. And, and John the Cro of the Cross was all about that we must be detached from this passing world. We have to understand that this life is a time of trial. How many times have I said, or maybe not that many times, but a number of times, because it's kind of reintroduced to me and kind of sunk in at a deeper level, you know, that, that, that this world, the prince of this world is Satan. We're not home. And so John of the Cross's message over and over again was the same as the message of Jesus, the same as the message of John the Baptist. And that is, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. And so we strive for detachment from the passing things of this world. Now, John the Baptist, or John of the Cross, I want to quote him this morning. He said, it's not the number of deeds we do or the greatness of the deeds we do. It is the manner in which we do them. He said, at the end of our lives, we will be judged on how we loved. At the end of our lives, we will be judged on how we did what? Loved. Not on, our, not on how much we did, but did we love? And you know, somebody asked me, and again, I, uh, repeating myself, I know, but forgive me. Somebody asked me, you know, Father Mike, what, what do you want me to pray for you for? Pray that I can love, right? At the end of this life, we will be judged. John of the Cross reminds us on how well we have loved. It is not that we have loved God, it's that God has loved us and has sent his son as expiation for our sins. But Jesus does want to dwell in us, to transform us, to heal us, 
to make us capable of loving as God loved, but as long as we are attached to the world, that's going to be a much more difficult proposition. So, the greatest born of women, John the Baptist, out in the desert, wearing his camel's hair coat, eating his locusts. And so uh, we pray that we would be born of God's grace.